It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do or die effort. It's going to be a determined bit. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. And the western suburbs erupt. So Franco Pozzo in Brunswick and Putzgrave. If I see one bloke walk out of here, there's a pat the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the House of Sin and Studios Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Welcome to episode 23. Yeah, 23, 24. 24. Damn it. The Shane Biggs I was episode? so ready to... Oh, true, that's fitting, isn't it? Oh. I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring us into our last episode of the season. I stepped up. I was thinking about round 23, but we started pre-round one, so... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, We're always one step ahead of uh, Freedom in a Cage. That's how oh, I yeah, always know. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Um, but yeah, the Shane Biggs episode for so many reasons. Oh, We've got a tribute lined up later for him. Yeah, I miss him. I miss him already. That's Feel you, like yeah. pure shit. Just want him back. <laughs> yeah. You know what that means. Um, just crying in the Snapchat. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's been me this whole week. <laughs> yeah, it's been emotional. Mm. Um, it's been an emotional week for football. Yeah, um, we've got a pretty big show. We've got a stack of pup dates to get through and we've got so many kind of like a bit of a season review. So what we'll do is we'll race through the, the VFL and the VFL women's results at the start. Sounds good. And then we'll jump into some pup date. So we won on the weekend via a Hannah Scott goal after the siren, which is awesome. That was against Darabin, um, which had no bearing on the finals really. But no, it was dead rubber. Dead rubber. But it was nice to see that we've uh, fought it out and got a win. I think Darabin was sit placed a couple of spots above us on the ladder yeah i think so yeah there's like a, there was a massive gap between the top four who play finals and the rest of the competition so um and then it was kind of it was, it was kind of like i guess like a mini ladder underneath yeah. the top four of people who weren't playing finals i think darabin were a fair like enough above us and they'd beaten hawthorne and we hadn't and stuff like that um and it was also captain danny teasel's last game she played um, 168 games for um, Bulldogs, formerly wow. known as VU Western Spurs. Kicked 21 goals. She was a Vic Metro representative. Um, she was part of the 2011 Spurs Premiership. Damn. And she played 238 games of footy all up. What so, a champion. Yeah, what a legend. So it was good that Hannah Scott could get the win for her after the siren. Um, she got cheered off, so a pick. Yeah, I saw that. that really was nice. Really nice. Um, what do you make of the Western Bulldog? Uh, sorry, the Footscray's. No, VFL. it is Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs. I thought it was Footscray. Yeah, it gets VFL, me every time. It's Western. What do you make of their season? Because we had that run of six wins in a row and everything was kind of um, blue skies and then we kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, is it a... Can you label it as a success as our first season in the VFL? I think it's um, a success. It's confusing because like a lot of the VFL women's sides changed from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. 
So um, obviously we had a lot of the Spurs players, but then a lot of them, like people who had been, I, I mean Spurs didn't have heaps and heaps of people in the AFLW, but they might have gone to their other, like their aligned VFL sides, yeah. and then like a lot of people came over to the like Spurs slash Bulldogs um, to play this season, and like all the teams have kind of been jumbled up and moved around and all that sort of thing. And it was a confusing season in a lot of ways. Like there was teams like um, the Saints, who were really young, did pretty well, mm. um, stuff like that. Uh, I guess like, stringing six wins in a row together was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to kind of gauge it because I feel like a lot of the AFL-aligned um, teams kind of treated it like a bit of a warm-up for AFLW. Yeah. Even though the VFLW season is substantially longer. Um, but that's a whole we talked. You touched on it like a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, about the like the idea of potentially like the VFL women's becoming the premier competition and the AFL women's being like a, the marquee one, which is something that hasn't really been discussed at all. Yeah, well, some, one of the AFLW players tweeted something like that, being like, oh, like the VFLW competition would be the premier competition. And yeah, and then you'd have um, AFLW probably like a kind of, yeah, like I say, like a marquee or exhibition tournament. Yeah. Um, but it's not being set up like that so I don't know un- but it's becoming like that anyway because yeah. but because it's footy season and that's when yeah that's when everyone is. is playing footy so well I reckon if the AFL men's goes into like having a reserve competition instead of like VFL or Waffle and all that yeah then you would have like potentially you could have your seniors men's seniors reserves and your women's all on the same day. Yeah, fixture them all, and like, and like, like they used, yeah, well, like they used to do with like under 19s reserves and yeah. seniors. Pardon me, and have um, something like that. But who knows? It was a confusing season, I think, in general for VFLW. Mm. Um, Bulldogs themselves had a confusing season. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> pretty much it. Like I don't know how to quantify it. Yeah, it's so all over the shop. Well, next up's the AFL Women's Draft. The 23rd of October, I think we've got like a prospective draft order. We've got like pick 10. Okay. And then Geelong Cats have got the first two. Yeah, two. I think we had a... Cats two, then Carlton, Freo, Collingwood. We've got pick 10, pick 23, pick 26, which was our third round compensation mm-hmm. for um, Emma Carney, which <laughs> yeah. per- is still perplexing, and yeah. pick number 34. And, yeah, it keeps going down. But, um, yeah, so that's probably the next kind of big thing in the women's side of the, the, the doggies. In the VFL on the weekend, we lost by 27 points to Borough in Shane Biggs' last game, which was a bit of a sad one. We keep just coming back to Shane Biggs. It's too much. <laughs> I don't know how to... I still haven't fully processed it. He got best on ground, which is good. Really? That's so cute. Yeah, named best on ground. Only three tackles, though, reading this. He was never... Oh, actually, I was about to say he was never a big tackler, but he was, actually. That's not right. He had 27 disposals, five rebound 50s. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean... You can nitpick and get nitpicky. I just don't understand why he had to go. It's so sad. Tim English was the other one that was named best on ground, and Mitch Honeychurch, and then the... uh, non-affiliated Bulldogs players, so Tate Short and Cody Hennis 
were Never among the best performed. No, neither have I. So terrible. But you know how there's like a couple of names that pop up all the time? Haven't popped up before. Usually it's but, like um, Monfries or Will but Hayes. But odd looking at it. Also, like Mitch Honeychurch, he's out of contract. But mm-hmm. like I don't really expect, I feel bad, I don't expect him to get another one. Um, Tim English, obviously, still in contract. That's good. He kicked two goals, six marks, 36 hitouts. Um, 36. Yeah, I know, right? Um, the one that is perplexing to me, I mean, we're going to talk about the listings and stuff a little bit later, but Nathan Mullinger McHugh, 20 disposals, eight marks, three rebounds, 50s, and he's been delisted. I remember he kicked like four goals against North Melbourne's VFL side as well this season. Yeah, Still I thought didn't get he was him a, pretty well. Didn't get him a shot, so I don't know whether they might rookie relist him or... Um, yeah, maybe if he doesn't um, get picked up somewhere else. Because, mm. I mean, I, was, I have you know, theories we can talk about them later. So I want to apologise for yawning so much. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try not to drink too much caffeine this week. Um, really? Yeah. You've gone I've, off it. Um, yes. Jeepers. Well, I'm trying. But um, I just feel like I was fine because I've been sleeping a lot. But apparently it's almost as if your body... You sleep too much and you get more tired, I reckon. Ooh, that's a hot take. Um, that's off, sorry, I just want to say uh, just a general apology if I continue to yawn. And uh, it's not that you're boring; it's just a coincidence. On the topic of apologies, we got a message on Twitter um, last week. We went on well, yeah, we went on a rant about Trent Cotchin's, um partner. We didn't go on a rant. It was more of a, you know, the roast of <laughs> we baked <Brooke> him. <laughs> But um, family. <laughs> Matt pointed out that Trent Cotchin's wife is Rick Kennedy's daughter, so we yeah. we told Matt that we would issue an apology. Oh, yeah, so apologies apology to Rick. To Rick Kennedy, um, I I'm aware of Rick Kennedy's reputation um, on the field. Don't know about off it, but on the field, I am aware of what he was like. And I would like to formally apologise to Rick. Yes. I didn't all in good fun. Yeah. Saying that you've got a cookie cutter daughter <laughs> who's got a cookie cutter white bread. Poor one, man's Eastern Wood. Poor man's Eastern Wood, human incarnation of Wonder White husband. <laughs> um Yeah, we take that all back. That's yeah, we that. take it well mm, just it's in good jest. Yes. Um, let's jump into some pup dates. The first one we're going to jump into is our newest pup date, which is a get to know Brad Lynch. Um, yeah, posted hot off the press. Yeah, update. posted midday around on Wednesday. Um, some highlights: we had uh, most underrated AFL player was himself. I love it. Um, His favorite AFLW player is Kirsty Lamb, which I feel like is a mm, good left of center yeah. choice. It's not the like. Um, um, Katie Brennan, which seems to be yeah. Or oh, um, my favourite one was when Bailey Williams picked Taylor Harris, <laughs> <laughs> Western Bulldogs player. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was like, all right, cool. Guilty pleasure, Shane Biggs highlights, and that's we've got the Shane Biggs counter up to three mentions. Yeah, this true. Show. Well, he also says that um, his funniest teammate is Shane Biggs. Not anymore, Lynchy. Ooh. R.I.P. Um, best set shot at your club, Tom Campbell. Seems to be a common thread. No, but do you remember? Okay, so <laughs> yeah. we we got a funny story from Fergus <laughs> about how yeah, one day I, I won't tell the full story because it, it's I feel like for full comedic effect, it goes <laughs> for a really long time, and we've got enough to talk about serious football news to talk about. But this Tom Campbell, 
they couldn't leave training until everybody had kicked a goal from a specific location. It took like Tom Campbell 11 goes <laughs> and then he like broke down, had to go down to the other end of the oval <laughs> and kick it and he still like missed it like another three times or something. So I think that's why they've all picked Tom Campbell. It was actually an inside joke with the Bulldogs that we've shared with you now. So good. And then he's also written here, um, best traits are freestyle rapping. So Yes. I would love to see that. I'd, yeah, I'd buy it. He seems like set. a fun guy. Mm. Uh, next pup date was Fox Sports. Um, nemesis, friend, uh, sorry, friend, enemy of the pod, Tom Morris. <laughs> Tom just Morris. reporting on Luke Dalhouse, um, allegedly set to join the Cats on a long-term deal. There you go, death taxes and Tom Morris reporting <laughs> on Luke Dalhouse. <laughs> you just set your watch to, next. this time next week, Tom Morris will have a new fresh take on the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I like how he says Luke Tullhouse is destined to join Geelong. Mm. On a long like deal when he was season. born, they're like this man. He will play for Geelong. He will be offered five hundred thousand dollars per season. I mean, that's pretty good money. That I is wouldn't, some serious coin. Like, I don't begrudge if he's getting the four years that he wants. He gets two million dollars. You know, that'll set him up for the rest of his life. Pretty. I mean, maybe it depends. Oh. I'd t- I'd How many trips to Europe is he going to do? So many. So many trips. Um, he can be comfortable. And if we're only offering him like two or three, I'd I imagine much less money um, given. But it's like, how are they? How does Geelong have so much money? Mm. I find it. Is the idea that Geelong only really have Hawkins in the forward line, so they need to get Dullhouse in? But he's not necessarily That's a what I was thinking, at like, the moment. I would say he's a better inside mid than If he anything, he was started his career as a bit of like a a pressure forward. But if anything, like wouldn't you look at the dogs list and say, We need a pressure forward but Dalhouse isn't that at the moment. Like he is yeah. He's moved pretty much eighty percent of time in midfield. Yeah. Which I we reckon. have an abundance of. And you would argue Geelong also have an abundance of midfielders. So mm. hmm, yeah, perplexing. Ablett's not injured. <laughs> Uh, next <laughs> pup date was one that we've been crying out for for a few weeks, and that was um, a rising Crap. star nod for Aaron Norton. We did it. People we power. asked for it last week. I At the game on Saturday, um, I was like, oh, whoa, who took that mark? Was that round 23 rising star nominee <laughs> Aaron Norton? Like, every single time he was near the ball, I was like, oh, num- what? he's number 33, isn't he? I was like, number 33, who's that? Is that... Round 23, Rising Star nominee, Aaron Norton. Like, I just did it over and over. And he took Until a mark at one point, And I was like, oh, who is that? Was that? And the old lady sitting next to me goes, yeah, that was Aaron Norton. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Great. You just Someone's ruined, listening. I was like, you just ruined my bit. Yeah, yeah. Gladys, but that's okay. It's fine. You have a heckler. Yeah, pretty much. It was just me being stupid. Did you see, um, so the dogs did six key stats on their website. And they got a bit cheeky and they said, like the number was two, the amount of rising star nominations you would expect the dogs will end the season with after Aaron Norton's hopefully earns his much deserved going in next week. Like that's pretty ballsy from the dogs. Yeah, well, good on them. And they also did three, the number of Brownlow votes Jack McRae will probably get despite being in the losing side. Yeah, well, you got the ten uh, Coaches Association votes to help him come eagle fifth in the prize. Despite missing what three games in the middle of the year, so yeah, exactly. So on. wow, a lock for all Australian, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But like, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting reading about Norton. Like, yeah, he back said, to the, the 
yeah, were you about to jump into the Buddy story? I yeah, think that's my so Buddy said to him during our game against Sydney, well done, you'll have a future in the game. I was like, wow, that's so like, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Buddy and yeah, well hearing done. that Buddy has... You'll have a future <laughs> in the game, my boy. And like disappears in a puff of smoke and you're like, whoa. It's like the Was that Buddy friendly? Gandalf or something to Yeah, that's it's a very on. wise like bestowing um oh what's the thing where you say pass it, the changing of the guard. Ooh. Not really, because they play I mean the whole reason they're playing on yeah. anyway. <laughs> but it's that kind of vibe, you know, getting out he's yeah. like, You'll have a future in the game. He like his eyes roll into the back of his head. He's <laughs> like, You'll have a future in the game. <laughs> and he doesn't and know gone. what he said. He's yeah. like, what? What just happened? And no one's like, you okay, man? He's like, nah, I didn't say anything to you. And he's like, um, but that's cool. I like Buddy. I also <laughs> like Buddy because on the weekend um, in the Hawthorne Sydney game, you know how it's like the players playlist? He yep. picked Can't Get You Out of My Head by Kylie Minogue as Great. his song. And I was like, good man. Wouldn't have picked Buddy to be a Kylie Minogue fan. but um, Everyone's a Kylie Minogue fan. True. Um, She's yeah. a woman of the people. <laughs> He also, they were like talking about who he's manned up on this year. He's manned up on, um, so Buddy, obviously, well, not really, but like helped out Eastern Wood. Also had Ben Brown, Jeremy Cameron, Jonathan Patton. And amazing, Jeremy Danaher. Cameron didn't line him up and make his brain bleed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's lucky in itself. Because we know he loves to beat up on small children. Not people who look like children. Yeah. Yeah, poor Harris Andrews. Um, next pup date was, well... Oh, as well, I want to say about oh, yeah. Aaron Norton, one more thing. Yes. Um, on 360 last night, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Rewatt is on Players Night on Tuesdays. Yep. Um, and apparently during the game on the weekend, he asked Del Morris about how Norton was going. Oh. But like in the middle of the game, it's like, oh, how's Norton going? And Morris is like, yeah, he's doing really well. I wonder if they're friends off the field or whether it was just like a, a weird... Jack Rewalt kind of thing to do. They've played on each other like yeah, enough times. Enough. And like Dal Morris is like the nicest man mm. on earth. Um, and there was the interview as well um, on 360 with Norton that was about, I felt bad for him. Like it's like Mad Monday and then like the Tuesday <laughs> he's going to go in and do all this press. Um, and he was saying that when Dal Morris was injured when he first got to the club, he was driving Dal Morris to training. Cool. Um, and then he. When then when it was reverse and Norton was had his ankle injury for that couple of weeks and Del Morris was better then Dale was driving and Norton to training so they got to hang out all the time um, and he it was so lovely he was like saying th- all these like thank yous um, to his host family because like you know like the interstate players will get set up with the host yeah. family for like a year or whatever I think he just moved out with some of the other boys mm. um, but. He was saying, like, oh, you know, without my host family, like, they were so good to me, like, I could just come home and relax, and, like, without them, and it wouldn't have been possible, and all this oh, stuff. I was like... So <laughs> good. <laughs> and I'm so, <laughs> so happy. What a good boy. I know. Good um, boy, indeed. Paul Roo's on the couch. Had a little quote that you've written down here. The Bulldogs are a mystery. To uh, Mystery to me, two mm. years bad with some green shoots. Yeah, they did that, uh green shoots. Yeah. It was like, you know <laughs> how this year. Bolton's always talking about green shoots? Mm-hmm. Um, was it, so was the segment, was it overwhelmingly glowing towards the dogs or was it more just like oh, a no, throwaway line? Oh, no, this was just line? like a throwaway thing. It's like the good, the bad and the ugly they do right. at the end of the thing. And we were in the bad, but Ooh. then it was like, the Bulldogs were mystery to me, like two years bad with some green shoots. And it's like... Well, it's almost as if we've had a young team and lots of injuries. <laughs> and I just... Oh, I was, was reading... Um, I was reading as well... Um, 
Time and Space by James Coventry, which is like a book about um, like the rule, how rules were developed in the AFL and um, like the different uh, like structures and game plans used by different coaches and why and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like of it, like it's in chronological chronological order. So towards the end of the book, last couple of pages, if you pick up a copy, you yep. want to just read this Flip bit through it. Like what Clarko was saying about. Um, Hawthorne winning their first flag and he was like yeah we're ahead of schedule we didn't really expect it but we might as well have a crack yeah. and then like what they had to do the following years was very similar to the I don't want to say that we're going to win three hey. in a row because I don't want to jinx us but when I was reading it I was like oh yeah like this is fine and also it's a really good read anyway here's some free press for James Coventry <laughs> Really good, and it's really funny reading it. There's not a lot about the Bulldogs in there because, like, you know, we only win one premiership. Yeah. They talk about the flick pass a bit, but, um, uh, like, it was really interesting reading it and all this stuff that people have always worried about, like, changing the rules, you've got to do this, we've got to do that. It's exactly what's happening now. And right. It's just like... <sighs> if only BT could read Time and Space by James Coventry. Yeah, they should. That the game isn't actually doomed. Recommended reading to all of those involved Naysayers. in the media. Um, let's review the game on the weekend because you were at the MCG on yep. like the sunniest winter day I've seen in oh, a while. It was amazing. I Sun's out, guns out. I yeah. got down to just my Guernsey <laughs> and then That's I looked around good. and the only other people in just their Guernseys were two old men with very <laughs> hairy backs and like tops of arms. Keeping and them And I was warm. like, yeah, I was like, what does this say about me? But I was having a good time. And what did you make of the game in general? Did yeah, you think the dogs good. were... It seems like the media's reported on it as the Tigers were playing Bruce free footy in like preparation for the finals. Whereas there was a few like good um, contests and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't. They didn't give it their all, but I did expect them in the last quarter at least to just steamroll us like they normally do. But I guess yeah, like I'm sure they weren't playing at a hundred percent. But at the same time, you don't want to, um, like have a bad sort of if that like you know like you don't want to have a bad game before the yeah. finals there was a Richmond supporters in front of me were like oh you know this might be good like give them a scare before finals like we've got like we're not going to have this streak of the MCG fan ever like it's better that we lose now rah 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 and I was like yeah I agree because mm-hmm. I want to win um, but like I don't think they were playing, like, completely bruise-free no, football. No, I think it's a bit of a throwaway. Like, it's, it, yeah, it's just yeah. easy to look at it and be like, oh, the Tigers were taking it easy, that's why they If they were taking the it dogs. easy, they wouldn't. The only reason they lost is because we hit the post three times in exactly. a row. Exactly, yeah. Like, who does that? Um, why was it three times in a row? Three, yeah, four oh. times for the whole quarter because Bont hit it. Oh, like, true. Right start, like, that's yeah. mathematically, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. That shouldn't happen. Time and space should... I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. the ball in space should not hit that post four times within the space of 20 minutes. Yeah, it doesn't seem... I don't know. But it's like if you can hit... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe it has an orbit. I don't know. It's got a magnet inside <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, magnet. Uh, McRae got the 10 coaches vote, as you said earlier. Yep. However, everyone... Uh, <coughs> Mainly the Herald Sun reported yeah. that Dusty got the three votes. It'll yeah. be interesting come Brownlow night to see who. Yeah, I guess up the, the good votes. thing is, is because it is round twenty-three. Like we don't have to wait that long for Brownlow. Mm. I just wanted to look um, 
how many goes Dustin Martin got. Because I think McRae should have been the BOG. Oh, I wrote down... Yeah, uh, oh, wait, no, we're going to read that well, later. Sorry. McRae had 43 <laughs> disposals. Um, yeah, which is, like, an insane amount. Yeah, but um, it's... And then 14 marks as well, which yeah. is also insane. So he had 10 more disposals than Martin. He did have Here's one less for you. kick. Martin had nine clangers. Okay. <laughs> This is great. I didn't even pre-plan these. Yeah, he had 10 more disposals than Martin, 10 more marks. Um, he had a lot more handballs, one less kick. So, you know, whatever. Mm, yeah. But we're just a high handballing side. But then, like, there was that one bit where... But they both kicked a goal. If oh. if Martin had kicked, like, three goals or two Maybe. goals even, I'd be like, yeah, okay. The fact that they both kicked the same amount of goals, but... McRae had 10 more disposals, 10 more marks. Maybe the fact that he had more kicks, but it's like if he had all those clangers, surely that takes away the fact that probably a lot of those kicks didn't work. Mm. Also, the best thing, though, the best thing in the whole world oh, yeah. is I can't remember who tackled him, but he did the fend off and they got him to that the ground. That was McRae. That's, yeah, oh, that yeah, was that McRae. was McRae. Well, got there him. you go. That sums it up. That's the footage yeah. I want played for this game on Brownlow Night <laughs> because McRae should have. Got it. Yeah. Interestingly, um, McRae had the most disposals for the round with 43. Also had the most marks with 14. And then Dustin Martin had the most clangers with nine. So, yeah. Stats uh, don't lie. It's just because he's more like you can see, like you can see Dusty. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas like McRae, I think he's described as unassuming yes. in pre- earlier in the season. <laughs> yes. Like he doesn't more stand tats. out as McRae much. McRae needs to just tat himself Dye his up. hair bright pink. Like <laughs> funky Miller style. And just like... Um, yeah, that's a, I've really, ra- I've actually really raised my voice. I've gotten very, very passionate angry. about this. Yep. I just think that Dusty, he just, I don't get the cult. I'm going to have another crack at someone, but I don't get how you can have a cult of personality around someone who doesn't have a personality. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say anything. Yeah. Terrible uh, social media presence. Yeah. I just going to put it out there. Boring guy. Very vanilla. Um, no, what? See, he has to put all these tattoos on to make himself look interesting. Mm. I really hope his dad doesn't hear this. <laughs> But what's he going to do? He's in New Zealand. Uh, who else caught your eye from the game? Who, who else um, looked good? Aaron Norton, obviously. Yep. I feel like that's pretty no points for guessing that one. Um, I think Ed Richards looked good again. Yes. He just that looked good in the 50? sun as well. His <laughs> hair it was like glowing. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Bontempelli played pretty well given mm. he was just... There was one point he just like couldn't lean down to pick up the ball. And I was like, just... Why is he playing? Get that man a massage. <laughs> yeah, like, please just go home and rest. Josh Dunkley looked pretty good as as, yeah, as he yeah. has for this whole, like, second half of the season. And Caleb Daniel was named in the team, um, Kane team Corns, of the week. Kane Corns. Team of the week. Kane Corns. Thank you, Kane. A man whose opinion I, I seek out specifically. But <laughs> yeah. still, I mean, better than not being in it. But, like, yeah. um, I mean, it depends. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like... Uh, Lockie Hunter had 35 disposals. Yeah, Lockie Just Hunter looked good. I think like all the usual out, yeah. suspects, it all kind True. of came together. You could see the game plan happening Definitely. a bit more, which was exciting. Like you could see the kind of run and carry we were trying to do. I think the only thing that we really got us, it's still that kick into the forward 50. And mm. when we would make it, we'd be... I don't. It could have been because of Richmond's defence though, but we ended up in the pockets. I would think... We need if we can try and get the run of ca- running. Oh, do you remember? I think it was the game against Essendon yep. last year, and there's, apparently there was the least boundary stoppages since forever because it was just like not maybe not since forever, but in a long time, 
and it was going up and down the corridor and we're playing really fast football through the corridor and I feel like maybe because we are like a bit younger and experienced it is like scary but if we could get that like run and carry going closer in at least maybe not completely in the corridor but but it was also good like when we would switch um and we had like the fat side of the ground Mm -hmm. and we could get um in like a bit faster that way that was good but I mean watching Richmond is impressive like you could just see them all like move at once and you're like oh oh boy um, so I can see, like, why we got pushed out to the wings. Yeah. But you can kind of see what's happening. Like, we do... I just hope that, like, next year, when, if we are handballing a lot, that when it is bucketing down rain, we've got a plan B. Like, we need to have a plan... We need to have a plan B for when we can't handball as much mm-hmm. as we want. And we need to have... Um, and as well, a plan B for, like... Because it is, like, high-intensity, like, handballing off, doing being quick... Like, what happens when you get tired? Yeah. Like, um, I think that's why we couldn't run out games um, during the season because it is a really tiring style and we're really young. But it's like, well, okay, say we come back next pre- like after preseason and we're playing really well, but then toward, like, you know, we dip in the middle of the season and then, like, you know, we pull a Port Adelaide and, like, crash out. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. Yeah. Um, we need to plan, like, something that... So it's sustainable. It needs to be sustainable. It needs to be flexible. So in case the weather's bad... Because we're not always going to be able to play at Eddie Had or yep. MCJ in the Sunshine. Um, Marvel Stadium, as it will be known. Yeah, and we. Oh, yeah, true. Woo! <laughs> RIP. And, um, and, yeah, that was why Shane Biggs retired. He's just like, even though, you know, he's <laughs> like, I'm not really making the seniors, but I cannot risk having played at the Marvel Stadium. Um, and then making sure when we go into the forward 50 that we actually have, like, a good target. But I think Shaq, took... Oh, yeah, Shaq, took some good marks... True. ...on the weekend. Like, he's a good... I think he's a good lead-up target. And then provided Tom Boyd... Um, I think he was out with a back injury this time, was he? Yeah. Yeah, like, he's all well and good. I think he's a good... He's a better... Can, like, he's a... I mean, he's a good lead-up as well, but I think on when he's good, like, when he's on, mm. he's a good contested mark. And so you can have Boyd contested marking, Shaq leading, Gows is, like, your smaller forward... Um, Tory Dixon, if he is okay, you know, stuff like that. Well, um, you could almost say we've got some uh, some green shoots. Yeah, we've got so many green shoots. Something that hasn't been said this year. Um, you've written down that you think that it might have been our best game for the year. Do you stand by that or would you prefer like a... I look towards the Geelong win or maybe even our win against Essendon earlier in the year or was this probably our best complete performance by the Dogs all season? Um... I think it was one of the best games. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, yeah. The Essendon game was good. The Geelong win was good. Um, the game against Sydney was okay, even though we lost. I yeah, thought that was true at the start of the season. signs. Um, North Melbourne, like, a couple of weeks ago when we had nothing to play for, was also great. Yeah, that's true. Those are the, I think the it was, ones that Maybe I me. think it stood out because, like, Richmond are, like, the best opposition, even yep. if they were playing, like, quote-unquote, Bruce football. Um <coughs> And then, because it was, like, at the MCG, so it just looked, like, more impressive, I guess. Maybe that's what, like, the association of being at the MCG. I feel like I'm very influenced <laughs> by, like, varying factors. Um, and then, um, I, I think because it was the end of the season, it was, I don't know, it kind of, like, wrapped it up nicely mm. of what we were getting at. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think was our, like, best game? Uh, I think... 
only because I was there, maybe the Geelong game where we won after the siren. Oh, yeah. Um, purely for entertainment purposes. Like, that was one of the uh, one of the most enjoyable games that I'd been to in a long time, since maybe 2016, so... Oh, yeah. um, but oh, our I best performance, cool. maybe I was that... Away. I had to watch it buffering <laughs> on the internet, that's fine. <laughs> maybe the Ruse game was our best performance, I think, this season. Okay. Only, only for that yeah, fact true. that we had I've, nothing yeah. to play for and we still smoked them. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. Um, McRae, all-Australian side. Do you he think better. he's a chance? He's been named in the squad. Yeah. but I've seen on, on some people's he is, on some people's he mm. isn't, and I'm like... If you do not pick him because he's unassuming, oh. I will have a heart attack. Yeah. Like, I will personally visit each of the All-Australian selectors and I will just have a quiet word <laughs> with them. Um, Let them know Robbo, that you're disappointed. Yeah, Mark Robbo Robinson mm-hmm. on 360 last night, he said, I heartily agreed with this. I don't always heartily agree with Robbo. So um, he did say, though, that... McRae is a fantastic ground ball player. He doesn't stop running, and he's always there when his team's in trouble. And I thought that is so true, Robbo. True. Did he Robbo had a moment put him of like um, clarity? Yeah, and Robbo put him in his team because he was like, "Well, I had to pick." I think he he's did. Between, yeah, he's on the wing between McRae and Sidebottom, and he picked McRae. And I was like, "Good lad." Too bloody right, Robbo. In my head, I was like, McRae missed a whole chunk of the season in the middle. He only missed three games, so um, which leads on to argue that he will poll. Pretty well. In I like reckon he'll poll Brownlow. so good yeah. in the Brownlow. Like, there'll be a few games where he... I think, like, the particularly bad losses, like the one against Adelaide where we kicked two goals. Yeah. Um, stuff like that, he might not. But I think most of it, he will. I mean, he's only... I suppose, like, there's Martin and Mitchell. Mitchell's the short, like, the um, obvious favourite. And yeah. then it goes Cripps next. Oh, yeah, true, Cripps. But then isn't Cripps in the same boat? And, like, if you were to argue that Pitt, Cripps is going to get yeah, votes and the in a losing team. Yeah, the interesting thing is like, McRae and Cripps got the same amount of coaches' votes. There you go. Do you see me? I'm twiddling my <laughs> fingers in a It's like a Mr. Burns kind of... Yeah, um, st- I've steepled them. And so it goes Tom Mitchell, Martin, Cripps, Gorn, Grundy, Beans, oh, yeah, and then Jackson McRae. So McRae is sitting seventh in terms of favourites. If he beats Martin, I'll be so happy. He better oh, get the three votes so in that game, or I'll have, I'll, I'll write a strongly I'll worded email. Yeah, true. I need to write one to the umpire department. So Brownlow predictor on afl.com.au had Bra- Dustin Martin winning it, just pipping Gorn. Really, I but they've given him three votes for the last round. Gorn so or Grundy that's where has had a better, or more like a better season than Martin went missing for a lot of games. Mm. But that's the thing because he stands out with all these stupid tattoos. <laughs> I'm gonna get a neck tattoo. <laughs> um, so How would you I get? get um. Oh, I would get like Mum. C D Nullis. I don't know. C D Nullis. Yeah, whatever the bulldogs thing is in yep. like graphic. Oh, for my um year twelve nice. markup day, I I went as a. It's very funny actually. I went as a um like bogan. And I had my bintang singlet on, and I got a neck tattoo in eyeliner that said "I love Bali," and it's actually it's come true. You do love Bali. I do love Bali. You've become the meme. Yeah. Well, I think Max Gorn or Brody Gorn. I just I'll be annoyed if Mitchell wins Brownlow because he should have been rubbed out for trying to elbow Goldstein in the head. Right. Like he obviously was trying to elbow him in the head because he had to jump about two and a half (laughs) feet to get up there, and um, 
McRae, what does he do? Nothing. Just nice he just guy. gets the ball. He, as Robbie said, he's there when his team's in trouble. Mm. He doesn't stop running. He just gets the job done. He doesn't worry about others. He'll remonstrate if he needs to, but he doesn't try and elbow Ruckman in the mm. head. So, um, Best and fairest night. Uh, Charles Sutton medal. Yeah. Top three. I've written down Jackson McRae for the three votes. The three, sorry. Three votes. One or two. Number one. Number one. And then I reckon Bont will come number two. Yeah. And then Hunter third place. Okay. Do you, do you tend to agree or do you have um, a... Yeah, hopefully McRae does get first. But I suppose like last year, wasn't it? JJ always... JJ Pohl came second last year. Yeah, by one behind vote Bont, so for Bont. He's had a pretty good year. If anything, he's improved last year. I think JJ's Sneak done really in. well. I think... Um, i trying to think who else. Because it's, yeah, it's the coaches panel that gives Dunkley it. played a pretty good tail to the season. Yeah, but I suppose because he missed a lot of... Mm. I think he'll pull well when he gets back from his little VFL stint. Correct, yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with Bunch Pally will be up there, McCray will be up there, maybe JJ instead of Hunter. Yeah. And maybe then... Up, yeah. Yeah, let's have a look at the injury list that we've still got going. Um, these are the n- names that will still be kind of hampered for the preseason. Tom Boyd has got that back injury, but yep. I don't think that's too long term. Yeah, fingers crossed. Suckling with his Achilles one, uh, Redpath's knee. Redpath still has a bit of a red flag. We don't know whether he's big old question mark. Yeah, we don't know whether he's hanging around or not. Dullhouse ankle is but, out for the yeah. season. <laughs> Uh, Lucas Webb with that neck injury that yeah, he had. Yeah, that was scary. Picken, obviously. I think there was something written about Picken. If we were playing finals, he would have returned. Okay. So that's good. Uh, well, Bay- he was 2016's second best finals player. Yeah, behind Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he came uh, away with the premiership, though. So. Bailey Dale, foot, he was out for the season. And Tom Libertore. So Libba probably won't get back. When did he... He did his knee. In the pre... No, round one. Round one, yeah. So, was it round one? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, against GWS. Yes. Yep. Yes. I hate that team. <laughs> Everything is bad, but yeah. So hopefully everybody can get back. Fit I mean, they firing. won't want to miss the camp down at Lawn. <laughs> I want to know when they go. I want to uh, go because you know how you can always see like one old bloke. Just watching them. <laughs> That's going to be me. I'm going to be in the back of all the official club picks. Just like, Sunny's on. Yep. Having a good time. If anyone knows, let us know when they're going on there. Yeah, if you see them. Pre-season camp. Um, hopefully they do the bike ride again. I thought that yes. was fun. That see was a Bevo. fun time. Uh, yeah, hopefully pre-season camp is fun for them. Mm. You know, hopefully they have good um, off-seasons as well. Don't go too crazy. I don't know. Did you see anybody out and about last off-season? No. I saw so many. Who did you see? Oh, okay. you went, saw him at Sugar Mountain, didn't you? And I saw him at Falls as oh, well. Yeah. I saw Bailey Williams. I saw Rock Smith. I saw <sighs> Lucas Webb. I got to Falls. I, we set up camp. I was like, I'm going to go Juicy. see uh, Total Giovanni. And I was like to my friends, come on, let's go. And oh, my whole three of my friends <laughs> came with me and oh, I were great. like up the back like oh this is good this is fun mm-hmm. you know mm, holidays this, um, New Year's oh, this is exciting and um, my friend went off and I was like Matt where'd you go and I turned around and he's doing all this stupid dancing with this 
these people and yeah. I was like oh who are those people and then lo and behold it was Lucas Webb Rocksmith and B Williams and I was like actually or maybe it was or it was at least maybe Rocksmith was, I can't remember Rocksmith was definitely there at some point because I did see him and I was like oh my god it's Rocksmith um, and I just stopped and I also saw Libba out and about Aww. during the off season again just stopped and my friend was like hey you okay I was like <laughs> and then yeah, I went to sh- uh, if you want to see them and you like uh, house music, go to Sugar, Sugar Mountain. Mountain. That's where they, I've seen tw- two years in a row, literally ten Bulldogs players, and it's so cute because I was there and I was standing there and my friend was like, "Hey, look, it's Luke Dallas." I was like, "Shut up, <laughs> shut the hell up! I'm playing it cool." <laughs> and, uh, but also, I was standing near them, just enjoying being in their presence. Mm-hmm. I don't talk to them because I literally choke on my tongue. <laughs> Actually, I have a funny story, but, um, and, yeah, we were standing there, and then I think Caleb Daniel and Zayn Cordy got there later than everybody, and when they got there, they all were, like, yelling and being like, oh, my God, and, like, ran up to hug each other. Oh. I'm like, you guys probably saw each other yesterday. Yeah. But you're so happy to see each other. And that's why all that, like, infighting at the dogs, I was like, Non-existent. BS. Yeah. Because... They obviously love each other, but no, because I didn't talk. I didn't talk to them this year because the year before I saw Shane Biggs, and I went up to him and I said, "I'm so proud of you." And he was like, "What for?" And I said to him, "Dennis Kometi once described you as the best kept secret in the competition," <laughs> and he was like, "Okay," <laughs> like, "Oh God!" But we have a really uh. nice pick that I also turned into a meme. It's a great pick. You need, um, we, yeah, you really need to post that. Are we going to post that on that? Maybe it'll go with the... Um, yeah, we'll do that. Go with the episode. So maybe you'll already have seen it. But hmm. that was the day I met Shane Biggs. And apparently at Sugar Mountain this year, this is what Biggs he gets up to and it's probably going to get up to in retirement, he was trying to trade a Smokin' <laughs> Joe Mercedes footy card with my friend. Too good. And he was like... Because he came up to me and he's like, yeah, Shane Biggs is a really weird guy. Yep. And I was like, yeah, but... Um, I don't know. I can't think but of anything right now. Um, let's jump into our tribute to Big Z because he has retired and we've mentioned many times that he is one of our favourite players, if not the favourite Western Bulldogs player. Um, he's played 63 games for the Dogs, but uh, 63 the best. And there was oh, a, a one, the one piece of play from uh, 2016 Grand Final where it's like locked in the last quarter and he battles and wins it, wins the ball again. We're going to play some audio commentary from it here. Oh, in the last quarter, and that's not what he wanted, but he puts a tackle on Biggs. Swans may still get out here, Lloyd. Oh, terrific by Biggs again. Dunkley's hands, McRae, we know he's so good with ball in hand. Dunkley, Biggs going hard, Mills gets down low, no free kick, has to pop it up. Biggs in there again, ball almost out to Cordy, not quite, it is now, doesn't quite get a kick. Daniel, still Daniel, Boyd, no goal, ball about 15 metres away. Biggs, he started it all, can't quite finish it, ball comes out, Dunkley gets it back. McRae, beautiful kick. Gives McLean a chance. Pickin. Oh, Pickin. Pickin. Yes. Liam Pickin. Nails it. How big was that? It's a tear to my eye. Yeah. Also, you misquoted on Twitter. I'd like to point out that this was Caleb. On Ah. Twitter, said that it was a McLean goal. And it was actually a Pickin goal, as we hear on the audio. But um, 
You yeah, can't get mad at you because Bob Murphy mm. said it wrong in his book. And so Bob's you fault. you did I as I know a lot of us do, you don't default to your own memory, you default to Bob's. Yeah. Yeah. When I can't think of something, <laughs> I default to Bob Murphy. Um so I can see where you went wrong there. But it was the the point is that the it still happened what Bixie did. Mm. And you still paid tribute to that. So yeah. nothing nothing bad about it. Yeah. But just <laughs> saying. fact check myself. Yeah, just fact checking. Yeah. Bob Murphy needed to be fact checked. I don't know who let that slip in the book because <laughs> it's it's Bob's fault that the tweet got stuffed up, I'm, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But I just want to say that you oh, are aware it, of it. I'm aware now. Sorry, Pickin. Sorry, McLean. Sorry, Bob. That's okay. Um, <laughs> retirees for this season. We've already had Big Z. We've already had... Clay Smith. Yeah. Um, Redpath is the one that we said there's a big question mark around. Do you see anyone else hanging up the boots? There's uh, really no one left to um, retire. I suppose Tory Dixon would be the only oh, yeah. one that I'd think just because of his history with injuries. I think he's fine um, in general. If there was a young goal sneak that was like kicking on, knocking on the door... Maybe, but I don't think we have that luxury at the moment. And, yeah, I'm happy to keep yeah, him around. Sure he's played some be... pretty good games at, at the end of the season. Yeah, I think he's too good to, like, unless he says, mm. I don't want to do it anymore, um, then I would keep him. But yes. if it was, if, but I mean, we heard that Tori Dixon was retiring, I wouldn't be surprised per se. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would in a way, but he'd be the one I'd be the least surprised about. Yeah. Is how I'm trying to word this. Yes, um, Lisa Price, just because of injuries and age. Yeah, delistings. We've already delisted Kieran Collins. Yeah, and we've delisted um, Nathan Malenga McHugh. Did these delistings surprise you? They kind of um, caught me off guard. Or Kieran me Collins, no, just because mm-hmm. he hasn't really set the word on fire. Yep. Which is, but it's a shame because I remember when we delisted him. I'm like, this guy's huge. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> My brother made the point that when we drafted him, a lot of the chat was about him being the, like his nickname's dad. He was huge and probably the best ready-made defender in coming from the TAC Cup. So maybe it was a case of he ripped it up in the TAC Cup because he was such a monster, but and then couldn't playing quite against, match like, it against other blokes. adults. Yeah, because yeah, I remember, I think it was Patton or something, gave him a bath. Yeah. Like yep. twice. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed to only play against GWS, which I think is cruel. <laughs> Yeah. When they had like their big, all their big forwards in, but I guess like his numbers in the VFL haven't been no anything particular to write home about. But you know, another good seemed like good kid. Yeah, hopefully he does get a chance elsewhere. If not, like just stick around in the VFL. I guess mm-hmm. I just kind of want to see everyone stick around in the VFL. I, I know. Hope, I hope Bixie sticks around in the VFL. I don't think he will. I have a feeling man's going to go to Berlin for yep. a considerable period of time. <laughs> Budapest, <laughs> potentially. But, like, places like yeah. just Europe Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, and who could blame him? No, the not The culture at all. there is incredible. It's very bigsy culture. Yeah, for sure. Um, Malenga McHugh, did that surprise that you? That did surprise me. We spoke about it a little bit earlier, but just because... His numbers seemed good. He seemed on the brink of a debut. Yep. For a while, I thought he would go ahead of um, Fergus Green in the debuting mm-hmm. stakes. Kicked four goals in a North Melbourne game for 
in North against North Melbourne in yeah. the VFL. So in the VFL, yeah. I thought he looked good. Seemed like he could like pinch in in the ruck, which yeah. was hand- he seemed versatile. Yep. Which is what Bevo likes, but potentially getting them off the main list onto the rookie list. Potentially, yeah. Because cheaper. I'm doing the. Yep. I'm rubbing. <laughs> Save those big bucks. Yeah, I'm doing the money. Does does the rookie it? list actually have any other bearing? Not anymore. I think. Oh no, you can elevate a player to the rookie list to the to the main list if someone is on the long term injury list. list. But I don't think a player has to be on the main list to play now. No, no. So yeah. But yeah, I'm doing the money. Money, thing. money, money, can money. You hear money. it? I'm rubbing my thumb against my hand. Well, if we save all of that money from putting him on the rookie list, who, who do you think we're going to go after? My okay. This is my theory. I thought about this yeah. last night. I ran it past my dad. He seemed <laughs> somewhat unfazed by it. Tick of approval. But exactly, he didn't. He didn't shoot it down. So, yep. all right. So at the start of the year, we're playing Easton Wood as a forward. Right? Yes. Why? Nobody knows. Hmm. Bevo sat out in the sun for too long in the off season. I <laughs> don't know. It. Yeah, cooked it. Um, Easton Wood intercept defender. Yep. Who's another good intercept defender? Aaron Norton. Um, who plays for a different side. McGovern? Yes, McGovern. Hello. Thank you. I'm so glad. I was like, I don't <laughs> want to have to be like, no, no, 20 times. McGovern, who is very similar to Jeremy McGovern, who recently requested a trade. His own brother, Mitchell. Mitchell? Mitch. Yes. Mitz. McGovern. Mitch McGovern. Plays very similar to him. Good sticky hands, but up forward. I would love Mitch McGovern to come to the, the dog. But do you see Do you see how I yeah. made that conclusion? That. Yeah, that I linked all the way from Easton Wood as a forward <laughs> back to Easton Wood as a back. Jeremy McGovern, Mitch, Jeremy yeah. McGovern as a forward, Mitch McGovern. I mean, everyone's saying that he's going to go to Carlton, but that's just because Carlton have fans. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> he's doing the. I'm tapping my tapping forehead. Because um, I'm, I'm a football genius. Um, you heard it here first. Yeah, if, if Mitch McGovern goes to the Bulldogs, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, it's just. Me ranting, because I have no credibility whatsoever. But that's what I was thinking. If we're making room for potentially Mitch McGovern... Oh, I would love I Mitch McGovern to come to the dogs. Yeah. See, Andrew Gaff, I don't really see the need for, because we no, have so many midfielders, like we've just spoken about. I wouldn't say no to Andrew Gaff, but then we don't, we've got so many midfielders. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, we don't necessarily need him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mitch McGovern up forward, proven forward, mm-hmm. still relatively young. How old is he? Let's look him up. Mm. I know Jeremy McGovern is a dad. Can we just say, poor Adelaide. <laughs> I reckon every off-season Adelaide has one big-name player that wants to get out of the club. Yeah. It's because no one wants to live in Adelaide. Right? Um, Mitch McGovern is 23 years of age. He will soon be 24. So that's prime Mwah. prime time. His parents are Andrew and Michelle McGovern, and yeah. his sibling is Jeremy McGovern. Well, there you go. Um, Chad Wingard, I thought... Like, I don't think there's much merit in the claims that he wants to return to a Victorian club, but if he were to return, I wouldn't mind if the dogs gave him a chance. I don't think he's that crash hot, and every time I think the dogs have played him, I haven't been blown away by him, but seems to have that goal-kicking ability of just, like, finding the goals and wouldn't mind a little, just like a, a mature forward in that forward line, which is our one's quite young at the moment, if you take out Dixon. Yeah, this is true. Good point. On that, do you think we have any significant list deficiencies? Um, it seems like we've got a pretty healthy list when fit. Yeah, like that's the thing. We've kind of fixed that ruck situation to the point where we were, where we had too many rucks, and like Tom too Campbell can't get a game. 
Um, it seems like a tall defender might be a good one, only because our kind of tall big defender is Marcus Adams. But he's you not. How tall is Marcus Adams? Mm. He's not like super tall. He's a big boy, but he's not. But I don't think you you wouldn't back Marcus Adams to play he's the whole 192. season. Oh yeah. So. Let's see who's a big tall forward that he would potentially play on. Joe Danaher. Yeah, he was one I thought of. Not any particular. Makes up for it in size of the arms. Yeah, so he's like slightly undersized, but nothing crazy. Um, Yeah, I mean, Zane Cordy's pretty good. True. Um, Just a fractured skull, because that's (laughs) normal. Um, Normal injury for a normal team. Uh, My brain's gone blank. I've forgotten who any of the players are. We've got uh, Lewis Young in the race. Oh, yeah, true. You're, Lewis Young's coming through. Um, he's pretty tall. Crozier played the small defender. Yeah. Jeez, he was gutsy on the weekend. Gosh, he was good. Crozier's throwing himself. Yeah. Reckless I've been really abandoned. happy with him. Yeah, me too. I think he's been a good pickup. I think Trengrove is okay dropping back, but he can't hmm. play on the major forward. Like, no. he got found out big time. Playing on a couple of them. Agreed. Um, it just it just wasn't uh, quick enough to keep up with a lot of the forwards, like, leading mm. and stuff like that. Um, I don't think we have, like, massive... Like, it's not like we have a gaping hole. No. Or anything. But I wouldn't mind Mitch McGovern. Yeah, Mitch McGovern. And it McGovern's would be funny because, yeah, I feel like you're right. Like, I mean, maybe he is likely to go to Carlton, but why would, why would you want to go to Carlton? <laughs> what? Number one. Um, and also, I watched that video with Brendan Bolton being like, we've got our spine. Oof. We've got our spine. And they don't need him in their spine. Maybe we needed him. I don't know. I haven't actually done any sitting down and looking at stuff. I'm sure it'll ramp up once, like, the final season's done. Yeah. It's already kind of ramped up, but, yeah, once oh, that trade I period know, comes right? down. Oh, baby. I love it. I love it. I love trade season. <laughs> Silly season. I love the dodgy photoshops. Yes. That's my favourite bit. We'll have plenty of dodgy photoshops. And then the actual photoshops that they do on the AFO, like Instagram and stuff. But then also sometimes they're just really bad. Like they obviously had to rush one. Yeah. And they make it bad. But, I mean, maybe we'll get... That's my that's my Mitch McGovern theory anyway. Put it out there. Why would we... Why would we... Obviously, Bevo likes that mm. type of player trying to make... Eason Wood into that type of player. Didn't work, obviously. Um, With our unsigned players, do you see Wallace staying or do you see Wallace going? I see Wallace staying because although apparently he's being heavily courted mm. by other clubs, um, I think Brisbane and Essendon one's looking at him. Yep. He has said, no, I don't want to go. Yep. I if we've, given, if we've put an offer on the table for him, then obviously we do want him to a point. Um, maybe then, they can offer more money, but like I feel like he loves the Bulldogs. Yeah, and the fact that he didn't win a flag with us technically. Yep. I mean, I like to think that he like you know is he part, was of, part it, of it. Yeah, but he didn't you know play. Um, might be, you know, motivation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's so close. He and so far. roughhead goes um, or stays. Ah, uh, I don't know. I hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Mm-hmm. But then hopefully he'll just come home in a couple of years and, like, be a coach. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see Roughhead going. However, I 
could also see him staying. Like, I wouldn't be like, gosh, why did we hold on to Ruffett? Like, he offers a lot to the team. Yeah, exactly. As we've said numerous times, he offers a lot off the field with yeah, his exactly. leadership. He was the one that came up with the idea for um, for Bob to wear Adam Goods' jersey all those years back. So oh, really? He's a wise fella. And he's I a think wise it's, fella. It's, he's a good one to keep around the, yeah, around the club. Good head on his shoulders. And last last one that I can think of, and I feel like we're getting a bit long in the tooth here. Dullhouse, stay or go? I think he goes. Okay, yeah. I've read into it too much and seen it in the media, but I want him to stay because I love You think he's destined to go to Geelong? what happens to the Dullhouse clubhouse? Um, I think apparently they already started changing that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's just like his club. I know, RIP to that. I mean, he's not dying, but like... (laughs) To that venture. <laughs> but, right. I mean, who can... If it's more money... $500,000, like, over four years, he'd be crazy $500 a year. $500 I mean, that's still a lot of money in general. Right? Like, $500,000 over four years, I'd be like... Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Luke Tallhouse, if we're offering you less money, how about check your privilege? <laughs> Binge? <laughs> I don't understand. Anyway. Um, that wraps up our last show for this season. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening in to us every week and giving us your feedback on Twitter. It was kind of just like a bit of a passion project for us at the start of the year. and um, it's Now been, I hate it. <laughs> now we <laughs> resent it. No, it's still a good um, passion. And we're definitely going gonna to be back. We're gonna, we said we're going to do some trade week kind of stuff. We're going to try and get a rumour that circulates and makes it into mainstream media. Yeah, we're try- yeah we were talking about this before. <laughs> Caleb wants to... Um, perpetuate a trade rumour and so hopefully we can start one and then in a later podcast we can reveal which one it was that we started yep I like it and you know if you want to help us circulate that through get in touch with us please if you've got any tips for trade rumours but um, it's been really awesome thanks for all the tweets all the downloads all the recommendations to your friends it's been uh, awesome so thank you yeah it's crazy to think like people are actually (laughs) people listen to us every time there's like a Twitter (laughs) follower or a tweet or something or anything on Facebook I'm like oh my god yeah it really does mean a lot so thank you 